Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Gray. Growing up as the first native digital generation, the population that was born in 2000 and since, so far called Generation Z, has more influence on the household purchases than any generation before at such a young age. From birth, Gen Z has had a unique relationship with modern technology. Unlike their predecessors, the millennials, who witnessed the introduction and rise of social media, tablets, smartphones, and mobile approach to life, Gen Z was born into it, and it's all they know. They've also grown up witnessing older siblings become debt-ridden with college loans, and they have experienced the biggest recession and worst employment rates since the 1930s. They've watched their parents and adult family members contend with the financial challenges stemming from this. So how has this influenced their knowledge of personal finances and how to manage them and how can we help prepare them? Today's podcast is focused on financial literacy for students and for young people and how to prepare today's youth for adulthood. And here with me today is Retail Market Manager Amanda Brigaman and Director of Education and Development Scott Boschancic from MidPen Bank. MidPen Bank has been serving Pennsylvania communities for 150 years. They are a member of the Pennsylvania Bankers Association. Amanda and Scott are here to talk about financial literacy for students. Welcome, Amanda. Welcome, Scott. Thank you for having us. Yes, great to be here. So we'll jump right into the questions. We're focused on Gen Z, those born in 2000 and since. So the students that are in school now and entering college and all the way down to younger generation that are in early education, secondary education. What topics are important and relevant to the student population with respect to money management? They're really very similar to any others. You know, how do you save for a major purchase, which can be a challenge because there's delayed gratification there and they're the instant digital generation. So that's a very different mindset and approach for them. Uh, You know, thinking about how to apply for credit and properly utilize it is a very important skill to have. And really budgeting as well is really understanding the value of money. Where is it coming from? And how do I manage that properly? Do you find that this generation is more savvy uh, with money or with knowledge of money? I have one of them at home. And so I'll speak from that personal experience, maybe not broadly across the category, but I think the challenge they have is really not understanding the value of money and kind of the point of, well, mom and dad have money, therefore I can just spend it, not recognizing what it takes to earn that money and what it can really do for them. I would agree. Having a 16-year-old at at home, um, she had her first job not too long ago. It it takes a lot of money to to and a lot of work to earn that $160 pair of sneakers that she's looking to to purchase, or you know, as she's looking hoping to get a car, you know, what is that? How much would she need to work, or how much would she need to save, or have saved to be able to accomplish some of those things that she's looking to do at this age? Do you feel that the parents of that generation understand the need for uh, education and experience interacting with money or money management? I think that they do. I I think one of the challenges is that I've experienced in conversations with parents 
is that a lot of them think it belongs in the schools and that, you know, schools aren't doing it. Um, and that's, I think, as a blanket statement, probably isn't true. And I always try and counter them and say, but you're also the parent and you have a role in helping them with that responsibility as well. It doesn't hurt that if both do it, because I think sometimes with kids, the more they hear from different sources, the more they might be likely to listen and pick up on it. And so you mentioned this generation being all about instant gratification, and we talked about them being the native digital generation and always having access to technology. The mobile access has clearly created this expectation in Gen Z. How have the financial institutions risen to meet this expectation? We, uh, most uh, banks and other financial institutions certainly recognize the need for, um, to keep up with the smartphones and, and all of the devices. So this generation expects to have um, instant access to data regarding their finances or, or anything, and also instant connection to, to the bank. They have instant connection to their friends all day long, uh, all night long, and they expect the same to uh, with their bank. So financial institutions have come on board and, and made sure that they've created opportunities for this generation uh, and their parents and, and those beyond to be able to access their money. Uh, some of those ways uh, are, are the basics of you know having an app on your phone um, that you can access at any time uh, and including mobile banking. So being able to take a picture of a check at your kitchen table or at, the, at their car and have it be uh, available into their account, say, on the next day is something that um, is a, a rather recent uh, innovation and something that most financial institutions are taking advantage of. And are there age restrictions uh, with respect to banking programs or bank accounts? Is there any age restriction that is required as far as a parent being a uh, co-signer or partner on the account? Mm-hmm. Uh, usually we do like to have a parent on on an account with uh, someone that's under the age of 16 to help to guide them uh, and also, you know, to be responsible for, for the account. So, um, yeah, we do look to have a parent over the age of that sure. 16 do that. Aside from mobile banking and apps and being able to take photos of checks, are there any features or tools for money management guidance that are incorporated into the services and offerings that, for example, MidPen has introduced? Sure. Mid, MidPen uh, or other financial institutions. One of the big things is using texting to do banking. So using uh, even text alerts, so uh, a client can customize what type of alerts they would want to receive. So for example, if they may receive uh, an alert, if their account would go below $100, they would receive uh, an alert saying that your account is below $100, would you want to transfer from your savings into your checking account? hit one to transfer, you know, $50, or they may set it up so that if it would get to a certain minimum amount that it would automatically come over from their savings account or a money market account in, into your checking account. So text alerts is really, um, a, I think, something that banks are really embracing. Uh, another is virtual tellers or um, using artificial intelligence for banking. 
Uh, again, you know, brick and mortar for banks, it's expensive. There's overhead for people, for buildings, but being able to um, invest in technology to allow customers to still have a face-to-face uh, at an ATM machine when the bank is closed and it's 10 o'clock at night and you have an issue and you need to talk to someone face-to-face, there are ATM machines or artificial intelligence that you can um, sign in and you would sometimes have a live person right in front of you. They may be three states over, but you're still looking at someone in the eyes. They're hearing your their issue and they're able to help you resolve that. Another is real-time payments. So again, with the, the texting is being able to make uh, quick payments for loans or, or other things using your cell phone. So again, hit one if you want to make your minimum balance on your car loan. Uh, hit two if you'd like to add some additional principal to that loan balance. Banks are also using virtual reality. Some, this is usually for some of the larger banks, and it's, it's certainly new for banks to consider, but we're using virtual reality to create customer service interactions with our employees and also in call centers so that before they're sitting in front of a customer or on the phone with a customer, they're able to work through those real-life scenarios with uh, virtual reality. Sounds really interesting and, and completely in keeping with all the technology that seems to be available in other industries as well. So we've talked about kind of what some of the financial institutions are offering, what MidPen is offering, bringing it into the school environment. How can schools either offer education or partner with community banks like MidPen to provide resources to students and teachers? So one of the things that MidPen does is really try and partner with the school districts. Uh, recently, MidPen partnered with Stilton High Spire to do a speaker series uh, going to the school, teaching about banking, talking about career opportunities in the banking industry, because one of the things that we're facing along with a lot of other industries is a talent shortage. You know, Where are we going to find that next generation of really great community bankers uh, just the way the tech companies are looking for software engineers and, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Amanda, were you a part of that I was. speaker series? I was. I went to, uh, it was again at, at Steel High, and we had a, uh, a couple of our senior management go there. So there was a series. And so, for example, we talked about just the basics of, of banking and check keeping and, and balancing your checkbook and the importance of that. We talked about credit. Uh, loans, how to create a credit score, how to keep a good one, what are the consequences of not having a strong credit score. We talked about leadership and negotiation. We had our CEO actually went out and, and did a class. So um, these are just that's just one of the ways that we look to partner with, with schools. But we love the opportunity to do that. And uh, we certainly love what we do day to day. But to go out and you know, step outside of our normal day to day and give back to the community and these schools, which, which we serve as a community bank, we, we love the opportunities to do that. Great. Do you ever in a more one-on-one scenario, are you ever faced with a request from parents to help educate their minor child on how to manage their checking account? Do you ever find that that's a request or is that do the parents sort of look to that being a home 
guidance situation? I think it's usually a home guidance situation. I think um, those in the branches, though, we do create good relationships with our customers. And we have had some that parents will bring their children in because a parent can tell them how to do it. But having someone else outside the home that's the expert uh, to talk about their banking and the consequences or, or, or the responsibilities of maintaining that account can sometimes carry some more weight. And we're welcome to help out with uh, anything that our customers might need. Great. How can students gain experience in managing money before moving on to post-graduation pursuits, such as things they might go on to do in technical training, college, careers, but having that experience to manage money prior to moving into those arenas? How do you suggest that that occurs? And you touched on that a little bit with the speaker series. Are there tips or tactics uh, that parents might employ in giving that experience? Absolutely. Uh, I think the most important thing or the most valuable thing that a parent can do is go to a bank and open an account with their child. And, and an account where that child, regardless of age, can conduct the transactions on the account and start to learn how the account works and what it means to put money into their account, what it means to take money out of their account, and begin that basic budgeting and basic money information process. Uh, and that's something that really we value and, and have a lot of flexible accounts in order to be able to help facilitate that. Um, you know, and beyond that, there's lots of great practical money management tips out there. Some things that the bank does is we do a biannual newsletter for students that have certain accounts for specific for students. Um, we have a summer reading program where we incentivize students in schools to read and then we with an account with us they you know they get a little bit of an incentive to do so to try really engage them with banking and and beginning to manage their money uh, there's great tips and tricks on the internet some really good resources as well that kind of can walk through some of those things uh, pa bankers has some on their website pa community bankers does as well the kind of give you the kind of those talking points to say, well, here's some things to think about as you're teaching your kids about finances and money. Do you think, we talked earlier, and I highlighted in my introduction, the evolution from what the millennials witnessed during their young life versus what Gen Z has now witnessed in their even younger life and how this is impacting them as a generation um, so that might be in the area of witnessing older siblings with large amounts of college debt. It might be um, on the topic that you highlighted, Amanda, about credit scores, teaching students and young people about how credit scores can impact their future ability to obtain a loan. Do you think that there's been a shift in educating in financial literacy at a younger age because of some of these challenges perhaps that the millennials have faced? Do you think that you've seen any sort of greater awareness in you know, educating young people about financial literacy? I don't know that I really have. Uh, I do know, I can give a single example, a couple examples. We do get contacted at times by teachers in various school districts typically in the elementary school ages, to get a tour for their class of a branch and have someone kind of walk them through, you know, what is it like? How does this work? And do some of that. So there's definitely teachers out there who are recognizing that need. And, you know, it's fun to get the kids out of the classroom for a day to do something fun, but yet very practical and helpful. 
I think that one of the things that probably could be emphasized is definitively credit scores, because not only does it impact your ability to get a loan today, it also impacts your ability to get a job. If you have a very poor credit score, there are certain industries you probably won't be able to work in because of that. So I think we may have to look at it you know, as the banking industry and maybe as education to say, how can we really prepare our young people for that reality? I think that's a really important point to make because I have seen in, in my lifetime of banking, I've seen the credit score evolve in what it's used for. So to your point, employment, um, applying for a new phone plan, um, and you know that didn't obviously used to be the case. And going way back to landlines, certainly your credit score was not in any way connected to your ability to have a landline in your home or or around pricing. And now with cell phone plans, that is actually connected to the kind of rate that you can secure. Do you feel like even adults could perhaps benefit from additional knowledge and education in the area of credit score? Absolutely. Um, I, I think it's we can't assume that uh, as because you're an adult that you have a grasp on, on the importance of credit score and and like you said even the pricing and that you're getting different interest rates and and that because uh, of credit score so absolutely I feel that there could be additional training for for adults now you mentioned a biannual newsletter and some of the um, information that's available is that available on your website or are there other sources that we can perhaps include when we air this podcast? I don't believe that they are available on the website. Uh, I think they're more tied specifically to the customers we have, and they go out in the mail. Okay. it's a little bit Mm -hmm. old school, a little bit old-fashioned, but sometimes it's nice to have that tactical, you know, I've got that paper in my hand to read. Agreed. That's entirely fine, and sometimes maybe that hits the right spot on the kitchen table. Well, Do you have anything you'd like to add that would be helpful tips to parents, students, educators, anything additional than what we've covered that will help guide either the educators and parents on the end of teaching or the students on what they should be considering as they go out into the world? I think I'd like to make sure that as a bank, we're here, we would love the opportunity to be involved with the schools at, at whatever age and, and whatever level. We'd love to have that discussion. So uh, as a community bank, we want to give back to the communities with which we serve, and that includes helping educators and helping the students and, and the parents. So I would say that if there is someone that has a need or feels that they need some help or some guidance in this area, we absolutely would love to help and simply raise your hand, reach out to uh, MidPen, and we're, we're happy to help. Great. Thank you. This is such an important topic, I think, and, and one that should be seen as sort of life education, preparedness for students going out into the world, going on to college, certainly a, a benefit to those who may have already faced challenges to uh, go back and learn a bit more about financial literacy, the the students that are in college already or in early career stages. So I want to thank you, Amanda and Scott, for being with us today and talking about this important topic. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We encourage schools, parents, and educators to utilize the financial literacy tools and resources available in educating young people. You'll find resources and links on our website at keyedradio.org. 
This is Annette Gray saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. Keystone Education Radio is supported by the PSBA Insurance Trust. Inspired by your unique needs, the PSBA Insurance Trust offers quality and affordable insurance programs to PSBA member schools. Superior programs ensure your students, school directors, volunteers, and employees are covered in the case of an accident or event. Visit www.psbains.com for more information and contact trustinfo at psba.org for your free quote today. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.